Switch it on. There we go. Hello. <laughs> For those of you that I haven't met before, my name is Deirdre, and I am so excited about what God wants to say to us this morning. Can I just pray for us? Father, thank you that we can be still before you. Thank you that we can come together and be expectant of what you want to say to us. Father, I pray that as we look at your word, that you will come and open our eyes, open our hearts to what you want to say to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are, and thank you that you love us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing our series on John. This morning, I am um, looking at the last portion of John 4. So I'm going to be reading from the NIV, John 4, verse 43 to 54. Sorry. After two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also ha had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal officer whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that he, Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal officer said, Sir, come down before my, son, my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. I just love how detailed God's word is. When I was preparing this, I was thinking so many times we can look at God's word and we can read it and then we might just read the headlines. Jesus healed a boy and that's amazing. And then we go on to the next chapter. But I want to encourage you this morning to read the detail. Pray over what we're reading. Research it and let the Holy Spirit talk to us in every single word that he has written in, in, in his word. Hebrews 4, 4 says, For the word of God is alive and active. 2 Timothy 16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means there's a specific reason why that detail is, is written there. It's God-breathed. And we need to allow God to use that detail to speak to us and to help us to change the way we think, change the way we live. I always think about Lainey. 
thinking about the detail of um, scripture, in the, in the Bible study, we would have to sometimes read out aloud. And in the Old Testament, there would be these lines and lines of family lines, like this brother of this man, this son. And now we can hardly pronounce all those names. And then Nanny said, do you read it? It's in God's word. We are reading it. <laughs> So this morning, we are also going to look at the detail. We are going to look at the officer. We're going to look at what Jesus, um, what the scripture says about Jesus. And then we're going to look at what we should be doing. What, what should we be changing after reading this passage? So this royal officer was probably an employee of Herod Antipas. So he would have had legal authority over Jesus. And yet, he... Um, he tells Jesus, sir. That's how he addresses him. He had respect for Jesus. And this man walked 20 miles to get to Jesus. So 20 miles is roughly 32 kilometers. So that would have taken him six to eight hours to get to Jesus. So for us, that's almost a full day of work, just walking to get to Jesus. That is how desperate he was for Jesus to do something. He believed that Jesus will be able to meet him and meet his son miraculously. He heard about Jesus' miracles and he was desperate to receive one himself. And we also see from scripture that Jesus believed, uh, the son, the man believed, sorry, that Jesus had to come to where his son laid sick. He believed he, he need, Jesus needed to come to where his son was ill. So the officer believed before he saw a miracle. He believed and he trusted Jesus when Jesus said, your son will live. And not only did this officer believe Jesus, but he also obeyed Jesus when Jesus said, go. He went home. That is amazing. <laughs> Just picture yourself for a moment. You are that man. And your son is so, so ill that if, you, not, if, anything's not, if nothing's happening, he will die. So now you walk a whole day, you heard about Jesus, you heard that he does miracles, and you believe that he will be able to heal your son. Now you meet Jesus, and you say, beg him, please come, please come and help my son. And Jesus says, go. And then you say, okay. And then I go back. That's amazing that he had that faith and that obedience to just go back home. Merely saying that we believe that Jesus can do something is not enough. We need to act as if he can. We need to, when we are praying about a situation, when we are praying about a need, we need to live as though we believe that Jesus can do what he says. James 2 verse 14 to 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone has claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes or daily food. If one says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, 
is dead. We need to be demonstrating our faith. We need to do what we believe. We need to live as though we believe what Jesus says is true. Live as though what Jesus says is true. That he can do what he says he can do. We also see that the officer's faith grew. Firstly, he believed enough in Jesus to ask him for his help. He spent hours traveling to him, and he believed that Jesus was, will be able to heal his son. Secondly, he believed in Jesus' assurance when Jesus said, your son will live. And he acted on it. He took Jesus by his word, and he obeyed him. And then thirdly, Scripture says that him, him and his whole household believed. Faith grows as we use it. When we look at the book of Esther, it's about Esther. She was a young Jewish, Jewish woman, and she got chosen by the king to be his new queen. And unfortunately, the king got deceited. Um, and he um, eventually wrote a decree that all the Jewish people needed to be killed. So he didn't know that Esther was a Jew. And Esther's uncle was also a Jew, was working for the king. And Esther's uncle says to her, you need to do something. Because otherwise we are all going to get killed. He told her, you are called for a time like this. And Esther took a step of faith without knowing what the end result will be. And she did it again and again and again. In that time, she wasn't even allowed to just approach the king without having, her, having him call her. So he could have just killed her off the bat because she, she went to him without him calling her. But he, she found favor through the king. When she approached him and she went to, one, went to see him, he gave her favor. And then she invited him to a banquet. And he uh, gave her favor again. And she invited him to another banquet. And in every single step, she didn't know what the end result will be. But yet, she did it. And surely her faith grew in that process. She, she um, sorry lost my train of thought. Um, sure, now I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, she risked her life. That's what I wanted to say. She risked her life to save the Jewish people. And God was faithful in that step. Even if we don't know what the end result will be, God remains faithful in every single step. We need to use our faith in order for it to grow. Faith is not, our faith is not going to grow by itself. We need to use it. So what does the scripture say about Jesus? This wasn't just a 
favor to the official. This was a sign to all people. The whole of John's gospel is written to all humankind to urge us in our faith. The officer had faith that, God, that Jesus will be able to heal his son. And the people were very excited about all these miracles and signs. The people got really excited about Jesus and all these miracles that he's done. But Jesus was here looking for a deeper faith than just seeing the wonders and the signs. The very last verse in John 4 says it was Jesus' second sign that he performed. So throughout John's gospel, there are seven signs, seven wonders, and they're all physical miracles. Turning the water into wine, healing. But it also speaks about a spiritual healing that Jesus brings to us. Yes, it's a, there's a physical aspect. Yes, he healed, and we have the Holy Spirit, so we can pray for the sick. But there's a spiritual reality. Jesus makes us whole. There's a, there's a physical healing that takes place, but there's a spiritual healing when we get to meet Jesus. He brings wholeness. He brings healing to our souls, to our emotions, to our minds. Our spirit becomes alive to God when we get saved. And Jesus came so that we can have life in abundance in him. Jesus healed this boy by only speaking a word. The son was 20 miles away, but Jesus was able to just speak a word and that boy was healed. In the previous miracle where Jesus turned water into wine, he showed that he mastered physical elements. But here he was able to overcome space. We can never put too much distance between us and God that we are unreachable for him. And Jesus was able to prove that here. He spoke a word and the boy was healed and the boy was far away. We can never, never, never be too far out of God's reach. Never. Romans 8 verse 38 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God. Another scripture says that there is nothing impossible for God. He can do anything. He can do anything. So what should we be doing? Jesus is calling us to rise in our faith. Michael Eaton calls it low-level faith. And Jesus is rebuking low-level faith in the scripture, or lesser faith. Jesus is asking this man to believe without seeing signs or wonders, without Jesus having to come 
or to do anything. He is asking him just to believe on the fact that Jesus spoke. He's invited to a higher kind of faith, a deeper faith, a faith that doesn't have to see anything, a faith that is confident and trusting in Jesus and in Jesus alone. And I, I just love how God works. This morning in our prayer meeting, when Terry spoke, when Candace spoke, they didn't know what I'm preaching. And I couldn't help but just have a big smile on my face because God speaks. And he spoke about us seeing, 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 seeing him. Not signs, not wonders, not anything else, but seeing him and who he is and what he is doing. And what he has done for us. And the man accepts what Jesus is saying. He rises to that higher faith that Jesus is calling to. And soon he meets his, his workers. And it was, they tell him that your son was healed. And he knows that that was the exact time that Jesus spoke. That was the exact time that Jesus said, your son will live. He wants his disciples that is around him to see and to move to a higher faith as well. Not just be seeking all the wonders and all the signs, but seeking him. Seeking what he says, what he is and what he is doing. A faith that is based on God alone is the greatest faith of all. We need to rise to a faith that is just based on God. Just based on God. And the royal officer was able to reach that point. He first, he wanted him, he wanted Jesus to do something. He asked him, please come. And he was wanting him to to, to say something, to like wave his hands or do something impressive. But when Jesus said no, he listened and he trusted and he had confidence in what Jesus said. We need to have confidence in what we believe. We need to have confidence in Jesus and what and trust and obey him. And it means taking the truth and acting on the basis of what we believe is true. Jesus said to Peter towards the end of the gospel, follow me. It was an activity of confidence based on trust and an obedience. We can claim to have faith in someone, but if we don't have confidence in them, our faith is superficial. We need to rise to faith which is focused on salvation from sin. Many want Jesus to be a rent payer or a helper in exams or a healer. And in, and in his own sovereign way, Jesus will be those things. But when we are focused on merely that, on bless me and my problems, we are looking at, we are, we're in a low level faith. 
We are trusting signs. We are trusting things instead of trusting God. There's a quote by Charles Spurgeon. He says, My hope lives not because I am not a sinner, but because I'm a sinner for whom Christ died. My trust is not in that I am holy, but that being unholy, he is my righteousness. My faith rests not upon what I am or shall be or feel or know, but what in what Christ is, in what he has done, and what he is doing for me now. Michael Eaton wrote a summary of this um, miracle Jesus performed, and he wrote it so beautifully. He says, The royal officer began with a low-level faith. He rose to a faith that did not need to see much. Later, his faith was deepened and confirmed. And that is as much as John tells us. But the lesson of the miracle is that the kind of faith we need, that we need has to be raised. Faith reaches great heights, not when it is faith of miracles, not when it is faith after seeing something marvelous, but when it is faith for eternal life based entirely on God's promises in his word. Then it has to be faith that preserves and sets us free from sin and mobilizes us in serving God. This miracle makes us ask the question, what kind of faith do I have? And it's so easy to get stuck in that low-level faith. God spoke to me and he showed me that I do it so easily, unfortunately. I'm, a, I'm a, a, a planner. I like to know where I'm headed, and I like to see how things are. Like, how we, if, we, if we need to get there, I want to see how we are going to get there, what plans are in place. So I'd often ask for, for God to show me. <laughs> show me that everything will be okay before I give you my yes. And then I'm stuck in a low-level faith then I'm trusting a sign instead of just trusting God. Surely I believe that God's plans for me are the best, the best, best, bestest of best. But why am I then not just trusting Him? Why am I not just trusting His plans? But now I want to see, am I going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? How is this going to work? How are we going to do it? Instead of just trusting God. In trusting who He is. Our trust should be in Jesus. And I want to grow in my faith. I want to have a deeper faith in Him. I want to grow in my relationship with Him. I want to know more of Him. A.W. Tozer wrote this prayer um, in his book. Can I ask Brandon to come forward whenever he's ready? I'm going to read this for us along. He wrote this in his book, The Pursuit of God. Oh God, I have tasted thy goodness 
and it has been both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need for further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire. O God, the Trinian God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing, a thirst to make me more make me more thirsty. Show me thy glory, I pray thee, so that I may know thee indeed. Begin in in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then give me grace to rise and follow thee up from this misty lowland where I have wandered so long. Isn't that what we should be seeking? More and more of Jesus. To know him more, to trust in him completely, to trust in his word, to be submerged in him and his plans, his will, his way. And he is so gracious. He is so gracious, guys. If we get stuck in that low-level faith, he doesn't love us any less. He loves us. We are his children. We are his beloved. He died on the cross for us. So his love for us isn't any less. But we need to step up, rise up to a faith that trusts in God and him alone. I want to give us a moment to respond to God. I feel like God is... I really feel like God is... I'm going to just go on. Can everyone hear me? Then I'm going to continue. I really feel like God is wanting to say that He loves you. That he loves you, that he died for you, and that he and him alone is enough for us. Our faith can be deepened. Our faith can rise because of who God is. So I want to give you the opportunity, all of us, to respond to God. If you haven't done so when Candice was speaking, take the moment now. If you are trusting God for healing, if you are if you're feeling like you are stuck in this low-level faith of show me the plans beforehand, whatever it is, if you feel you want to step up and step out in faith, do that today. Do that today. Ask you to stand with me. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants 